once again, hi. Just going to ask you to pray with me, please. Father, in Jesus' name, you just anoint me, my words, my mouth, my lips, my heart, and anoint the ears and the hearts of all that hear. And we ask it in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Amen. I wonder if you just turn in your Bibles uh, to Luke chapter 8. Uh, I want to read a couple of verses there quickly. And then also I'm going to read a little later on from Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. Or maybe I can just quote them to you. But we're talking about fruitfulness. And we're talking about um, our lives being a field that God wants to and to sow the right seed into our hearts that he gives us so that our lives may be conduit, uh, just to channel something that God can use to reach others while he blesses us and gives us food for ourselves, but seed that we may sow. And in Luke chapter 8, um, we're talking now about what to sow, because I've already covered uh, why we should sow and how we should sow, but now we want to look at what we should sow. And I've tried to emphasize in that first little session um, the fact that it has to start in the Word of God. What, whatever we're going to sow has to be in accordance with the Word of God. So it needs to be start in the Word of God, originate in the Word of God. It needs to be by the power of the Holy Spirit taking the Word of God and using whatever we're sowing uh, to be effective and fruitful, that we may have a rich, rich harvest. So um, in Luke, uh, this is the, the parable of the sower and the seeds that I referred to in the first session. But I want to read a few verses there. This is where Jesus is talking about a sower going out and sowing seed. And some of the seed, all the same seed. And all of the, the seed was sown under the same climatic conditions, etc. But there was one difference, and that was really that the soil that it fell in. And I want us to remember that the Bible teaches, and you'll see this when I read this now, that the soil really is the condition of our heart. Our hearts are the soil, and it determines. The, the condition of our hearts determines the kind of crop we're going to uh, actually see, the harvest we're going to reap. So uh, he's talked about some seed falls on the rocky land, uh, on the path, on the rocky uh, soil, and, and some falls on the um, amongst thorns, and others uh, falls in good soil. So this is what I want us to read now from uh, Luke chapter 8 and verse 9. And... Uh, um, Sorry, I'm just trying to get this little my place here. He says this in verse 9. It says, this is what happens here. His disciples asked him what his parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others I speak in parables. In other words, he's saying, you want to know what I'm teaching, then you've got to have a heart that really wants to know. It's not just for the casual observer or somebody who says, I'll do with it as I please. But for those that are sincere seekers, because he says this, but to others I speak in parables, why? So that, though seeing, they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. And so this is the meaning of the parable. The word of the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Now, let me just maybe quote Isaiah 55. And God's word, he says of his, my word shall not return unto me void. He says, it shall accomplish that for which I have purposed it. So God's word is seed. And God promises that if you see that his seed gets into our hearts, and if his seed comes out of our hearts through our mouths and our actions and attitudes, etc., that it will not return unto him void. Everything in the word of God that we sow, 
God promises fruitfulness, a harvest. So let me read it again. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. Word, hearts. So that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. You see, that's what happens in the heart, the mind, what we're thinking about. They choke by the worries, riches, pleasures, and they do not mature. And then he says in the 15th verse, But the seed on good soil, in a good heart, stands for those with a noble and a good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So, I want to enlarge now on the seed from the Word. Fourteen seeds that I believe we need to, to understand, and that I think that it embraces almost every other possibility, but I'm not too sure, but I'll give you these four anyway, fourteen anyway. They're all part of sowing God's Word. First of all, very important, sow Jesus. Wherever you get a chance to talk about him, or even to talk to him, so Jesus, tell others about him, spread the good news, because that's the second seed, it's linked to the first, Jesus, the good news, so the gospel, go out there and talk much about Jesus, talk much about the gospel, through your life and through your lips, by your words and by your actions. The next one is to sow faith, not fear. Not doubt, not unbelief, so faith. Let the Word of God sow faith into your heart and everything that you speak and all your actions and attitudes, let them be sowing faith. I'm a, I'm a believer. God's got this under control. He's in charge of it all. I don't have to worry about this. I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to be paralyzed into an activity, inactivity, etc. I'm, I'm God's man. I'm God's woman. I'm God's child. And I'm sowing faith. Faith in God's Word. Faith in God's promises. And, uh, you know, the Word of God is actually described as a two-edged sword. And uh, a sword, you can use a sword for advancing and for, for defensive, defending. So use the sword of, of the Spirit. When, the, when doubt comes, when negativity comes into your own life or into your family or those around you, when they're all sowing doubt and sowing fear and all these things that are anti-faith, you sow faith, speak faith, speak the Word of God, stand on the promises of God, confess the promises of God, talk much about the Word of God, use it as a fighting instrument, speak God's Word today and you reap a harvest today, tomorrow and ongoingly right into eternity. And so again, Isaiah 55, 11, my word shall not return unto me void, it shall accomplish that for which I purposed it. And so what God says will happen. And we've just got to agree with Him.
And so coming back to the just for a moment, that demands right thinking. Luke 6, 45 says, The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. The evil man, evil things out of the evil stored in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The next thing is, so faithfulness. Not only faith, but faithfulness. In other words, loyalty, integrity, trustworthiness. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6, is a very, very hard question to answer there. It can be a very convicting and yet a hopefully a very compelling uh, scripture. It says, many a man claims to have un unfailing love. But a faithful man, who can find? I'm asking you in Jesus' name, and I believe the Spirit of God is wanting to challenge us. Be faithful, first of all, to God. In every situation, all the temptations, just... Be faithful to God. Be faithful also to your family. Be faithful to your friends. You let that sink into your heart. What does it mean to be faithful to your family in your mind, your heart? Because it's there. If you're not faithful there, you're going to actually reap a harvest that is less than you want. Faithful to, your, to God, to your friends, to your family. Faithful to your church to its leaders, to the people in the church. Be faithful to world evangelism. Taking the nations for Christ. Give yourself faithful, so into the nations. Make your life available to go into the nations. So helping the poor. So that a seed. Helping the poor. Going out there, trying to feed the hungry, clothe the, the, the naked, etc. So so. Uh, faithfulness in helping the poor and so faithfulness to your country and to its leaders you know it's, it's interesting in Romans chapter 13 verses 1 right through to verse 7 it's talking about we need to obey and be so submitted and sub subject to, the, to all the authorities God has given to us and in 1 Timothy 2 verse 1 verses 1 through to 4 uh, Paul under the power and this inspiration of the Holy Spirit encourages us to be praying for our leaders not criticizing them not rebelling against them, but praying for our leaders. And then fifthly, self-friendship. Not discord or divisiveness, self-friendship. Friendship has, brings unity. If you're saying friendliness, being, be friendly, be approachable, be reachable, be human. <laughs> Somehow the, the devil makes us feel like if we're going to really be godly, we've got to look like we're some, from other, some other world and and we're, and we're no longer human. We're human. Jesus was touching the, with the feelings of our infirmities, yet without sin. And no wonder he's, he's a faithful high priest that we can go to at any time we like. People need to be able to come to us. So, friendship. Luke 6.31 says, Do unto others as you would have them do to you. Think about that. So it. Some people are as fr friendly as prickly pears. Remember this in Proverbs, I'm just leaving some of the scriptures out that I'd love to have shared with you, but time doesn't allow. Proverbs 17, 17 says this, and it's a thing that really is challenging. A friend loves at all times. No matter what happens, no matter what they get up to, we still love. So if you want friends, so friends. Then the next thing is so repentance. In other words, be quick to repent, 
and receive God's forgiveness because the moment you repent, you receive forgiveness. And be quick to forgive. Forgive yourself. Get over yourself. Get over the past. Get over the regrets. So forgiveness, so repentance, so repentance, reap forgiveness. So forgiveness, reap forgiveness from others as well. So self-forgiveness, forgiveness. Every this is a good time, I believe, really. Right now, while you're there listening to what I have to say, just deal with the past. Every area of hurt is resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness. Just remember this, God forgives completely and He wants you to forgive completely too. And then sow your finances, even in famine. Sow your tithes, sow your offerings, sow your almsgiving, helping the poor. Sow apostolic giving to the nations beyond your own local church and your own city and community. Sow into the nations. Sow into the widows list that you read of in, 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 uh, in Timothy, Paul writing to Timothy. And look after your own family. Sow into your own family. And bless them and look after them and care for them. Otherwise, you, the Bible actually is very strong on what it says about that. You can look it up for yourself in the Word of God. And sow praise. Sow praise. Be a praiser. Stop being a grumbler. Stop being a criticizer. Stop being a fault finder. Sow praise. Praise to God. Praise Him at every opportunity you have. Give Him thanks. Give Him praise. You've got a home. You, you, you've, got, you've got food on your table. You've got food in the fridge. You've got a bed. You've got all the comforts of your home. You've got family. You've got friends. You've got church. You've got people around the world praying for you. Praise Him for that. Praise Him for Jesus. Praise Him for His blood. Praise Him. Praise Him. But also, learn to praise others. Give them credit. Thank them for what they do for you. Be a praiser. Learn to be a real, true praiser. And ask God to help you to develop your, your praise life at every level. So pray. Every chance you get, pray. In actual fact, the Bible says pray without ceasing. Keep praying. Walking in the streets, opportunities, driving in your car. Pray. But set aside times too to pray. So pray into the world, for the world, for the nations, for your leaders, for your family, for your friends. Pray for others. And then sow prophecy. What do I mean by sow prophecy? Prophesy the word of God to your family, over your family. Prophesy to the dry bones as Ezekiel did. If there's dryness in your own life, prophesy. God, I can be all things through Christ. It's you who work in me both to will and to do of your good pleasure. I can do whatever you want me to do. Everything is possible because of you. I prophesy the truth that you can make my heart soft and, and loving and caring and available. So prophecy. Prophesy. Prophesy over your notion, nation. Prophesy over your family. Prophesy over into your church. Every opportunity you get. And so care. Care for people. So graciousness. Give others the benefit of the doubt. So love. The 1 Corinthians 13 type love. So obedience. And you reap life. You sow disobedience. And you reap discords. Rebellion, destruction. So 
to wrap this one up if, and we'll look at um, when to sow in the next session. But sow your life. Sow it into the Great Commission. Jesus said if you will try to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for his sake and the gospel, you'll find it. And you'll find it in this life and in the life to come. Good, you get good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. For with the measure that you sow, that shall you also reap. So sow your life. Stop trying to hold on to and preserve and protect yourself from hurt and the discord that's around. Sow your life. Say, here I am, Lord. I'm available to serve you from this moment on. So, Father, in Jesus' name, once again, I pray for your precious saints that they will, and me with them, and our families, and all of our friends and churches, everyone around the world that will be touched by us sowing our lives for your sake in all that that means. And I thank you for it and trust you by the Holy Spirit to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Because you said it's not by might and it's not by power, but it is by your Spirit. So we praise you for your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen.